Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, the internet, wherever you are, you are listening to The Breakfast Show and you're joined by myself, Lawson, and the incredulous... <laughs> I don't think that thinks what, you, what it means, what you think it means. No, I think I know what it, exactly what it means. It doesn't mean incredible. Uh, uh, I know. <laughs> And that's why I'm saying it about you, Monica. Monica, how are you doing? This I am morning? pretty incredulous most of the time. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta admit, <laughs> you're googling it right now, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm looking at my story. I can see your fingers typing. It means someone who's like, like a little bit of a doubting Thomas, unwilling to believe easily, kind of. That's thing. what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sure. is exactly sure. what I meant. Because you don't believe in me, okay? <laughs> Okay. Oh, rough start yeah. to the show. <laughs> I believe in you, Lawson. Uh, you know, because I just get, I shower you with love and praise, oh, whatever, and whatever, all of these things, and I, I just thought, no. you know, we switch it up this morning. I got, <laughs> I got, like I got to beat the, uh, I got to beat the, um, the couple accusations, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, I just thought that I would, uh, I would treat you badly, but then now, now, now people are gonna say like, oh, that means you know, you have a crush, and I'm like. Bro, she's she's like fourteen years older than me. Stop doing this. Uh, but how are you? Are you well? Oh, I'm good as gold. Uh-huh. I'm I'm really good. I went to sleep super early yesterday, so I'm feeling oh, pretty great. Awesome. I was literally in bed at four thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Lights out by ten past five. <laughs> that was me, like Tuesday afternoon. Oh yeah. But last night I was sitting in the library. Oh, it oh. was it was eight p.m. You know, oh, the sun oh. had gone down, mm-hmm. and I finished. You know. Uh, editing my last citation in my paper, and I clicked submit, oh, and what a I feeling. closed my laptop, and I threw it out the window. No, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but I, I I finished my work. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to the Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we are going to bring you the first clue for the quiz. Who am I? My wife's name is Alicia. I should have thought about this before I started this. My wife's name is Elishaba. Elishaba. I'm going with Elishaba. Elishaba. E L I S H E B A. Oh, yeah. Elishaba. Elishaba. Yeah, my wife's name is Elishaba. Who is that? Who's the husband? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Text or call your answer. Uh, state it or star. If you want, you just want to play along for the kudos. Just put a star next to it. We don't put you into the prize draw for tomorrow. It is the Mountain View Academy Singers Music DVD uh, based on the Great Controversy book, uh, and then also it's a double prize along with a jigsaw puzzle, Jesus at the Helm. Uh, really beautiful uh, double set that you can... Mate, bobbing your head, listening to music, playing that puzzle. Dude, <laughs> living your best and life. And not only that, but we'll be giving away some stuff coming up soon. Like on Monday, mm-hmm. Faith FM Breakfast Show will be giving away a family pass to see Colin Buchanan mm. live in concert, which is, we just want to iterate, it is something that um, you'd have to come to Wall's End to see because it will be held here locally in Newcastle. The greatest city on earth. If you're not from Newcastle, you now have the opportunity to be incredibly blessed. He's absolutely lying. The greatest city on earth is Cape Town. We all know that. <laughs> um, shout out my South Africans. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> 
Yeah, shout out to my Agotanda. South- uh, all um, the South Africans that live there that haven't had their stuff stolen, which is none of them. So, <laughs> shout out to So, Colin Africa. Buchanan concert is on the 4th of June at the Walls End Church. Uh, so, if you are local or you're willing to fly in, we're giving you a family pass for a family of four. Uh, to come to see uh, Colin Buchanan on uh, mm. 4th of June at Walls End Church here in the Newcastle region. So, yeah, that'll be drawn on Monday. I don't know how we're going to give it away, but we are giving it away. Of course, Colin Buchanan being a renowned singer, performer, uh, writer yeah. of incredible godly songs. I know a lot of Bible verses off by heart, thanks to Colin Buchanan. Okay, like which ones? We All Like Sheep Have Gone Astray. Ba ba do ba ba. He chose to turn to his own way. Yeah. The Lord is placed on him. The iniquity of us all. Sing. No. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that in the Bible? That part is that like an annotation? Like ba ba do ba ba. You know. Yeah. Ha, ha. It's, it's in the margin. <laughs> no, it's also awesome. the CBV, the Colin Buchanan version. That's. Oh. <laughs> no, he he is incredible. So you could be incredibly blessed. Of course, it's a family pass as well. So if you're wanted. Come bring the fam along. Yeah. <laughs> We're giving them away. Stay so tuned. Make sure you are listening next Monday. But again, that number is 0491 Who is the husband of Elishaba, Elishaba? Yes. So what's happening? Good news. I've got a cool story about a good boy. A good boy? A good, possibly the best boy. Okay. He's a big white dog. Oh, oh just, this is so cool. I thought it was going to be that mean. Okay. All right. Uh You're a boy, are you? Yeah. So a big, a big white dog has Mm. officially saved the world's smallest penguin here in Australia. So it's so cute. I wish you could all see the photos. I'm just, oh, I'm so melting right now. Uh So just off the coast of um, Warrnambool City. Which is Warnable? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, there's Australia's Middle Island. I didn't know we had an island called Middle Island, but we do. But mm-hmm. it's apparently home to some very small residents, um, the world's smallest penguin, which is just 35 centimetres tall, which is just over like a school ruler, one of those old wooden school rulers. And um, it's so cute. But unfortunately, uh, starting in 1991, sed- sedimentation and tidal patterns created a short window during the year when a tidal causeway allows access to Middle Island from the mainland, which foxes quickly discovered and used to devastate this ground-nesting bird population. Uh-huh. Um, so their their numbers actually started to run really low because, as you can imagine, little penguins don't move fast on land and foxes are very, very oh, wily absolutely. and quick. And so they were just having a small... Sport of penguin for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Enter an unlikely hero. So there's a local chicken farmer whose name is Swampy Marsh. I'm not kidding. That's, that's his, his name. That's, that's his, his name. real name. That's the man's name. He had no professional background in conservation, but what he did understand over many years of keeping chickens was how to defeat or outfox the fox. That is awesome. So he runs up to uh, he has uh, up to five thousand chickens free range, and mm. he uses. Marema dogs as guardians. Have you ever seen a Marema dog? No. It's a it's like a huge white bear like dog. They're so cute and cuddly. You just want to bury your face in them. Um, so they're great. The huge white pooches. Oh. So they're 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 they're, they're, they're always smiling. Too. Yeah, they're, exactly. They always look happy. Um, so the Pastori Marema Abruzzesi is their mm. official name. Um, so they're Italian origin dogs from the coastal region of Marema, which is in Italy, and they're excellent protectors of flocks. And uh, and he figured that you know um, so. Mr. Marsh figured that since these little penguins are equally as defenseless against fox as his chickens, um, he figured the same protection scheme would work. And uh, officially no dogs were allowed on Middle Island, um, but the severity of the little penguins' plight convinced the vulnerable 
warm. Can you say it again? Warnable. Thank you. The city council to give it a go. So Marsh then arrived with his dog. His dog's name is Oddball. Mm-hmm. And Oddball got to work. And it's, uh-huh. and it's so cute. You have to go giggle this, listeners. It's so cute. The success was immediate and sustained. It totally changed the fox pattern for entry onto the island. And soon Oddball's role was professionalized, creating the Middle Island Project, as it's now called. He gets paid? Yeah. How do they pay him? <laughs> what does he spend his money on? <laughs> Treats, <laughs> treats, and dog um, balls <laughs> to, to run fetch with. Um, so they've now started a. The islands now officially started breeding these Marema dogs for use in protecting Middle Island. Oh. So they now have another two Marema dogs on board. So there's Yudi and Tula. Mm-hmm. And between the three of them, they have ensured that not a single fox attack has taken place. And the island's penguins has gone from five to a hundred and eighty. <sighs> 180 birds. Isn't that great? I need to get down there. So penguins are my favorite animals. Oh, penguins are like, because you were like, oh, dogs. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, good boy dog. And then you were like, they're protecting penguins. Yeah. These are the best dogs who have ever lived. <laughs> You're right. They are good do- they're dogs. They are good boys. They're yeah. Like, really? That is incredible. So the dogs don't actually attack the foxes. They just hang out in pairs on the island. And if they smell a fox at the distance, they, um, they, they bark. And so they have like a deep baso bark, a deep, deep sounding bark. And apparently it's enough just to scare the predators away. Mm. Um, so the conservationists ensure the dogs can take a few days off and have everything they need to do their job, including food, water, shade, company. I feel like I might be volunteering to provide company for one of these penguin guardians. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a really cute story coming up. Where is – do you know where this Middle Island is, where there's Wommer Wom- – is that our east coast? I'm sure it's not the west coast because I, I would have heard what, of what it. What state did you say it was in? It didn't say the state. Let me have a quick Google. At yeah, where- I said Warnable because it sounded like – but I don't think it's Warnable. Because Warnable's in Victoria. Whereas, but it could be because Middle Island, uh, yeah, it's off, it's off of Victoria. Yeah, yeah. How do you spell Warnable? This is- N, uh, sorry, W-A-R-R-N-A-M-B-O-O-L. Oh, that's not the same place I was okay, saying. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've been mispronouncing that. Yeah. But we got Middle Island right, mm-hmm. so there you go. If you're Absolutely. That's amazing. Of course, this would probably be Lyle's favourite story. Because he mm-hmm. hates foxes. Like, well, he really hates cats, but simultaneously he hates foxes. They're an introduced species here in Australia. In, in fact, um, they were intentionally introduced in, into Australia for recreational hunting. They were like, oh, yeah, you know, like 1855. They're like, let's get the foxes out here to help us hunt. And then mm-hmm. they, the foxes are like, yeah, we don't want to hunt for you anymore. We just want to go and be wild and eat, 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 eat little animals. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. So this is a win for penguins, and so it's a win for the world. Hey, if Lyle was here, he would be so happy, but now he would be unhappy because my Why? second story <laughs> is about cats. About <laughs> There's a newborn litter of critically endangered Scottish wildcat kittens being born, Aww. and they're so cute. I'm just like I'm having like a cute day. Mm-hmm. So, so this has been happening at the Wildcat Wood, um, sorry, the Highland Wildlife Park in uh, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. So, the Scottish wildcat is one of the country's most iconic animals, apparently, and also one of the most endangered, mostly because of inbreeding with feral or domestic house cats and habitat loss. Um, so, it's a European wildcat, Felice Celeste Silvestris. Um, it looks so much like a rugged tabby cat with um, with a huge big blue eye, so like a fluffy, stripy kind of situation. And uh, they have 
they have apparently really sharp claws. They call them miniature razors. And, um, and yeah, and so they've been, conservation has been working at uh, reintroducing this species. I guess if they're native to the Scottish Highlands, then, then sure, let them live. Um, but, yeah, so a total of nine of them have been born. And uh, they're, they're on show at the moment for the public to visit. If anyone wants to pay us for a trip to Scotland to look at some kittens, I'm totally down for that. I will accept your offer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, check out this, this, on sto- this story online as well because they're super, super cute. They actually grow quite big, um, almost like a small dog in and of itself. Wow. But, yeah, great news coming out of uh, the animals today. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Monica, you are going to bring us another clue for the quiz. Who am I? Eliza and sorry, Eliezer and Ithamar are two of my sons. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Eliezer and Ithamar are two of my sons. Okay, absolutely. Oh, do you know who it is? I think so. Okay, I, I'm. I'm. I think I'm pretty sure I know who it is. Well, it's definitely someone in the Old Testament. That's 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 true. I, I'm thinking of their story right now, and I'm like, okay, was that... Just giving away more clues here, Lawson. Was, was that their son's names? Hey, 0491 is the number to call or text. I think the listeners are pretty stumped right now. They're, they're, they're trying to get in. But anyways, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and... Um, Hey, this text message just just came in. Old Ball is the movie made about Mon's penguin story. I just looked it up. It's true. Odd, it's Oddball, not Oddball. Old Ball. Oddball. But yeah, there is. A, there, they did make a movie about it. Oh, wait. So, so how long ago did this happen? Yeah, I'm just. That's what I was wondering. It just came. It came up as a. It came up as today's news on my mm. news feed. Well, I mean, the conservationist story is that they've had like a rebound of like 130 penguins. That's like yeah, the and, outcome now. Yeah, so I think I think it was introduced in 2015, okay. and so with the two new dogs that they've bred specifically for this purpose, brings us up to ta- about today. So yeah, but yeah, I'm just looking. I was just looking on YouTube. There is indeed a uh, a movie called Oddball, and it's a big white dog with a penguin balance on, on its head. So I'm guessing it's the same story. Mm. I am definitely going to go home and watch this tonight. Thanks. Um. Uh, Karen, I'm definitely going to be looking at this. Mm, absolutely. Hey, I've got some news to share, and it's not as happy and as positive as that. It comes out of Mexico, where <laughs> in the western Mexican state of Michoacan, uh, there have been lots of murders. Oh, why? Lots of people dying, but specifically the murdering of priests and of what? pastors and of key religious figures. Now, it's an interesting situation in Mexico because, like, 98% of the country is Roman Catholic or identifies Mm -hmm. as Roman Catholic. But, well, the last one, the last incident that took place uh, a few weeks ago was Reverend Javier Villafana, who was, you know, shot several times in his vehicle when he was uh, driving around in Capacho. Um, which is, you know, just a city in that area. Now, this comes after, you know, it comes, it came one day after the death of another priest in that area uh, named, he's basically, yeah, Reverend Jimenez, who's the Archbishop of the state of Northern Durango. So it's just like the state above. Um, And he was attacked outside his cathedral and and was stabbed to death. So so these are really brutal murder stories why are they being but it's targeted? a pattern going on yeah. and it's 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 interesting right because it's like okay why are priests 
and religious figures being attacked in a country that is so wide sweepingly mm. accepting of Christianity. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this isn't, you know, we, we often profile North Korea or China right, or, or Nigeria or some, you know, or an, a Middle Eastern country. It's like, how is this happening in Mexico? And it's not like a, a say, Catholic versus Protestant thing either because it's, it's Catholics being attacked. It's Protestants being attacked. It's all these religious figures are being attacked. And the question is, well, why is this happening? Now, Open Doors, which is one, it's a charity organization, very similar to Voice of the Martyrs, but their specific thing is more of research. Voice of the Martyrs is more of helping um, countries where Christians are um, persecuted. You know, I bring up Voice of the Martyrs because we have Voice of the Martyrs coming on once a month, giving us a profile of what's happening. The last time they came on, they talked about the situation uh, of Christianity in China. Now, Open Doors have placed Mexico as the 38th um, on their top 50 list of Christian persecution. It's number 38. And again, the question is, why would it be so? Well, the reason is, is because although not entirely, I'm, I'm not going to make this accusation entirely, but Mexico is somewhat of a narco state. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? So there's lots of drugs and drug related activities that take place in Mexico. And because of those activities, you know, and that, that is a worldwide enterprise, you know, mm-hmm, they're, mm-hmm. Th- those guys are among, well, at, at one point in history, you know, the the drug dealers of Colombia and Mexico and all of these South American countries that, like, in the 1980s were in the Forbes top 30 most richest men list. Like, it's, it's not at that level now. But, again, this is, like, a huge industry down there. And these key religious figures have sometimes been corrupt and complicit, but often are standing against the cartels. And often they're, they're saying, hey, like, you know, we're not about this. And they, they're rightfully calling people to repentance mm-hmm. and to get away from doing drugs, dealing drugs, being involved in the drug industry. Now, it's the these people that see it as a threat. Uh, these cartels, they're like, that is a threat to our business. You know, again, you have a country that's 95% Roman Catholic, 98% Roman Catholic, uh, where people are regularly attending church and they go to church and they hear, you know, the, the reverend, the well-spoken reverend talk about, rightfully talk about the evils of drugs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are being converted against it. They're oh, like, you know, so they're having success. You know, yeah, of course, right? When people hear the message of Christ, hear about how much Christ loves you, how he died for you, how he's given everything for you to get away from sin, it is a compelling message. We sit here as people who have been compelled by that message. You know, there's many things that I don't do now that I did before I was a Christian because Jesus came into my life in a powerful way. And the the cartels view this as, okay, well, this message is being appropriated by these reference. They're the speakers. They're the ones representing this. So we need to do something about it. And we're rich, powerful organizations that seem to skirt around the law because of our influence uh, monetarily. And so we can get away with it. And so there has been ongoing attacks on reverends and pastors. What this shows me, I think the the, the outcome of this is that Money truly runs the world. Mm. Uh, we know this. It's it's the the love of money, the 
brings about all evils. Uh, and we know that the love of many will grow cold at the end of time, as the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24. We know that money will be a huge issue of the end of time, as the Bible says in James chapter 5. And the, the application that I can make from this story is that if you mess with someone's money, they'll mess with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's the case of these drug, if these drug dealers or these, you know, these, these organic cartels and organizations, if they could make money through any other means, like, if they could make that amount of money through any other means, they would. Um, that, that was, you know, I, I, in, in the sense of, like, if they could make that amount of money um, at that level of ease, you know, with any other means, they absolutely would. But the reason they're drug dealing is because for themselves, they see this as the quickest way to get to the level of money that they want to get to. And now that's being messed with. Um, and so then they're attacking. If If this was not a reverent, rather, but rather anyone else who was messing with their cash flow stream, uh, they would be attacking them. But the point that I want to make is that the message of Christ inherently attacks uh, their source of money. And so then they will go for and try to attack and persecute the people propagating that message. At the end of time, as the Bible makes clear, the Bible says that the beast will submit all to worship it instead of worshiping God. And those who don't worship it will will then be restricted from buying and selling. Um, there's, a, I think, a lot more study and context that goes into what I'm talking about from Revelation chapter 13. But essentially what we see there is this restriction of transaction taking place against those who are truly following God. And the reason is because it messes with the aspirations of the institutions that have been, you know, set up by Satan, the Antichrist, whatever it may be. It messes with their goals. It messes with Satan's goals. Um, And again, Satan is leveraging the love of money in people to attack those propagating the message of Christ because it turns them away from ill-gotten gains. And so it's a really, really fascinating story. It's a really interesting story. And I think what it shows me is that when you stand with Christ, you always stand against selfishness and the end result will be persecution. As we see godliness increase, as we move towards the end of time, as we see people standing against God, as we see the love of money increase, which it's already pretty increased. We've talked about that plenty of times. But uh, we're, we're going to see that persecution increase. And I think even in the West, even in the West as well. So, Hey, if you've got any thoughts, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Let us know what you think about this. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM, positively different. You're listening to the breakfast show and we're going to have another clue for the quiz. Indeed, who am I? I doubt on. I died on Mount Hoare. Who am I? I doubt. I, I died on Mount Hoare. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Get yourself into the prize draw to win our double prize: the jigsaw puzzle and the music DVD. Mm, absolutely. Again, you are listening to the Breakfast Show this morning, and as we always do, we have an amazing interview. And today's interview is someone that we get on semi regularly. We have none other than John Ashton. John, are you there with us? Uh, yes, good morning. Oh, John, thank you so much for joining us this morning. And I believe today we're going to be talking about an amazing topic, one of my favorite topics, the effect of a vegetarian diet on the environment. Yes, yes, it's quite a um, an interesting one. Um, mm. 
And um, intuitively, we uh, would think that um, a vegetarian diet would be better because if we're eating the plant Mm -hmm. uh, directly as opposed to eating animals Mm -hmm. that um, eat plants and therefore, you know, the animals have to... uh, account for their own energy losses and all this sort of thing, you'd intuitively think it would be more efficient. And um, in actual fact, a lot of studies have been done, given all the interest with greenhouse uh, gases. And mm-hmm. if any um, listeners are interested, there's a, a really good scientific review that was published in a journal called Advances in Nutrition, uh, back in uh, November 2019. And so this was a, a review paper. So the scientists um, looked at a, a whole range of uh, studies that had been done, over 60 studies they uh, looked at. Um, the, the article, if you people can Google the, the article, it was called Vegetarian Diet. Mm-hmm. Planetary health and its alignment with human health, and um, it was with Yuji uh, Friesian and Joan Sabat, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, so that's available on the uh, internet. But uh, essentially, they found that um, if people shifted from the the standard diet, which is a mixture of meat and and vegetables and so forth, um, to an ovo-lacto-vegetarian diet, Mm -hmm. there was a 35% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. So that's quite huge. And if they changed to a vegan diet, there was actually a 49% uh, reduction and uh, this and this value was um, they studied there were 29 uh, studies looking at ovo vegetarian diets so mm-hmm. it's not this isn't just based on one or two studies as I said these data came out of 29 studies and 20 vegan diet studies and um, uh, there was also um, a, a, a quite a, an improvement in the reduction of the use of land. So, for mm-hmm. example, compared with a, a, the current sort of diet, shifting to a, an ovo-vegetarian uh, diet mm-hmm. and uh, would achieve a reduction in land use of 42% and a, for a vegan diet, a reduction in... Uh, 49%. So Lyle says that his carbon offset is the fact that he's a vegetarian, which then gives him license to drive a V8. He's like, I can, <laughs> I, I can drive a V8, you know, some very fast, you know, big capacity displacement powerful car because I'm vegetarian. You know, it's, it's like I'm already doing my job, my work. And it kind of sounds like that's, that's the, the correct idea. There's, it, I, I love that too. It's like, um, yeah, the reduction in land usage because obviously animals take up lots of land, um, and well, now we we can farm so many more crops in that amount of space. Well, well, that's right. I mean, they have to consume the vegetation, mm. um, and then they have to not only grow themselves, so uh, accumulate, um, uh, you know, and and keep themselves warm and and so forth in, in the meantime as they're producing then the 
the meat that we we eat. Uh, so of course, obviously, there's a concentration of protein. Um, it's it's interesting that uh, there was also a reduction in um, water use as well. Mm. Um, the uh, ANOVO vegetarian diet uh, resulted in a um, reduction of water use of around 28% mm-hmm. um, the median value um, and um, vegan diet was interesting with vegan diets they got quite a um, uh, a study uh, mm-hmm. quite a range and um, this uh, one study gave a reduction of 22% but there were some studies that actually revealed an increase. Now, one of the interesting things when we're looking at these studies is, uh, and the researchers pointed this out, is that if um, you're comparing with uh, a meat uh, and so forth, then you're looking with vegetables grown in a high-energy demand, greenhouses or out-of-season fruits that are flown in from afar, then the greenhouse gas emissions, for example, could be reversed. Mm. And this is one of the things that we need to look at, of course, how we're growing the vegetables. So if you're in a a large city and there's a large demand to have uh, some of these fruits and vegetables all year round, um, and so they're grown, you know, as as referenced there in sort of greenhouses that have to be heated, you know, like the tomatoes and this sort of thing, or you're flying in, you know, tropical fruits mm-hmm. <laughs> up to a, you know, a cold climate, then this uh, changes. But in, actually they summarised, they said, um, and so this was the result, of, as I said, of, of over 60 uh, studies. matter of fact, mm-hmm. over 70 studies uh, they reviewed, and it said, uh, they summarised by saying, altogether it could be comfortably concluded that the fewer the animal products included in the diet, the less environmentally degrading a diet is and mm-hmm. the fewer resources are required. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought that was, um, you know, pretty good. And they go on yeah. to say shifting from current dietary patterns to vegetarian diets, especially vegan, would be an effective measure to halve greenhouse emissions. I'd love um, to ask, because, uh, like, I'm a vegan myself, but yeah. is this, uh, and, you know, I'm sitting across from Monica as vegetarian, producer Shanna is, you know, vegetarian as well. Um, we So we, we definitely subscribe to what you're saying. But is the effect of eating meat, as you said, okay, there's this reduction in land, is this, you know, reduction in greenhouse ga- gas and whatnot, but is is that, is, is the level that it's at when you're eating meat, is it... Pr- that pressing on the environment that it requires a reduction or or is it just oh this is just how to be a little bit better like where are we kind of where are we at with that yeah okay well i i think uh definitely with the use of uh land uh it's Mm. an important factor i think there are a couple of other uh factors that come into it um, there's quite a number of studies now that have shown that uh, particularly a high protein, meat protein diet uh, reduces longevity. Mm. And so um, these studies have come out of uh, one of the University of uh, Sydney. Their uh, main um, uh, health research uh, 
unit there. They have a big uh, research there. I'm, I just can't think of the name of the institute that it's called. Mm. But they've done quite a bit of uh, extensive studies there. And I think one of the other things that people don't uh, realise uh, is, for example, there's more protein per calorie in lettuce than there is in meat. Oh, wow. And um, uh, and this is very, very interesting. So and note I said per calorie. See, we go by weight. Obviously, the protein's being concentrated in meat. Mm-hmm. But if we go by the amount of energy that the food is producing, mm-hmm. right? So when you, when you eat meat, there's more concentration of protein there, but there's also an awful lot of energy there because of the additional fat and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you look at um, a plant-based diet, and if you look, at lettuce is quite interesting. There's more protein per calorie there, but what you're getting is fibre yeah. with the protein. And we know that this is um, uh, far, you know, far better for us. And also, uh, another factor is, and I hear about a lot of people having bone breakages and, and this sort of thing. If we have a high meat diet, mm. then a meat is what we call the food mm-hmm. and so it will uh, lower the pH of the blood. Now the blood oh, wow. pH to be kept in a particular range and so we balance that um, with uh, the alkali elements, calcium, magnesium and our store of calcium and magnesium are in our bones mm-hmm. and so what happens is that um, over time on a, a very high meat diet, meat intake diet, because meat is an acidic food, mm-hmm. uh, high in phosphorus and um, and these acidic uh, elements um, and of course nitrogen and protein, um, then it requires more calcium to be taken from the bone. So unless we're supplementing that with a lot of plant material to provide the, the calcium because that's where the calcium comes from, essentially most of the calcium. We don't normally chew up bones ourselves in the meat. Um, mm-hmm. And so um, this is uh, quite a, uh, an, an, another important factor. The other thing, of course, is um, that particularly worries me today is we attempt to feed people in cities and we're having these feedlot approach to, um, to food. Mm. And so we're concentrating the animals, the poor animals are, uh, are living, you know, walking around in feces and, and these sort of things. Mm. I know a lot of people enjoy chicken, but we need to also understand that these days what's happening is we are overfeeding chicken to the point that they develop diabetes to the point that they then put on weight and Mm. fatten up. And so when we look at uh, the way of just force-feeding grains into chickens to fatten them up, not to mention the use of, you know, certain perhaps uh, chemicals that are Mm. also used in antibiotics, um, I think... um, you know, the scenario of eating meat today has certainly changed from in our grandparents' uh, time mm. when, um, you know, the animals sort of essentially lived all outside, ran around, ate grass, you know, um, picked up. And, and also people usually, um, be, because of cost, didn't, you know, didn't eat that much. So there's, mm. you know, there's, a, there's also the, the, the health factors there. And that was another aspect of this study that uh, came out, of course, was that they looked at some reviews that focused on the human health environment Mm. relationship of diets. Mm. And um, again, uh, they showed that um, uh, 
vegetarian diets appear to simultaneously offer population and planetary health. Mm, I love that. I think, yeah, it kind of answers on both sides. It's, it's, we have on one side, like, okay, yep, we're enabling people to have better health, but also with, particularly here in Australia, that we are so concentrated into cities, although we have vast country, but a lot of it's uninhabited. Um, we have the ability to feed those people without the abuse of animals and without, you know, these terrible conditions. Um, we have the ability to feed people in cities. So it, from a, from an environmental point of view and from a animal rights point of view, we're kind of ticking all those boxes and kicking all those goals. Yes, yes, very, very much so. And I, I think, you know, I mean, certainly in my own life, um, there, there's been a, a, an advantage in, you know, having a, a vegetarian diet in, mm. in terms of, uh, in terms of, of health. And um, I think, uh, you know, that's uh, a very important factor for all of us. But I think now, of course, we can see, you know, the, the science is just stacking up so much in favour of uh, plant-based diets, mm. uh, uh, getting much more uh, of the plant-type foods and, of course, a very variety, a huge variety of foods because... Um, yeah, there are there are a lot of um, yeah the, the the factors in meat that when we eat meat we're also eating a whole lot of the metabolic waste products that the animal has produced that are in the tissue at the time, mm. um, and uh, as opposed to plants, uh, we're discovering more and more now that plants are, are full of very interesting polyphenolic compounds. Uh, that um, you know play important roles in in health. For example, uh, can help lower blood pressure, mm. uh, help um, uh, thin our blood a little bit, can improve mental acuity. Uh, all these sort of uh, compounds uh, that plants provide. You know, as uh, the Bible talks about, you know, the, the trees that provide the healing for the nations. Mm. And um, we find that in plants, many of these compounds. Uh, they're there in, in, in small amounts, but they uh, provide a whole lot of health benefits. You know, and the classic one, of course, is vitamin C in, you know, in fruit. Mm. Um, but there's so many of these um, uh, you know, vitamins, the vitamin E in, in uh, nuts and seeds and, and so forth, uh, that are the additional health benefits that we have if we include more of these plant foods. And we know now, of course, that from you know we we can get adequate protein uh, from uh, you know seeds and legumes um, and and our greens and as I said, our greens can be quite a, a good source of uh, of protein. Uh, we need to eat quite a few of them, you know, quite a lot of them. But of course, when we do that, we're getting the fibre, mm. uh, and so uh, yeah, there, there's so much pluses there. And when we add that into the environmental or the reduction in environmental mm. impact that plant-based diets have it's um, it's very encouraging mm. absolutely john thank you so much for joining us this morning thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM